Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. Okay, guys, so this Root series has been amazing. There's been so much breakthrough in people's lives. I'm hearing so much from people talking about the things that God is releasing them from, things from years and years and years God is doing breakthrough. And not just in this campus, but in cross campuses all over um, within Grace Capital Church. Just, and there seems to be a thread, too. The Holy Spirit's amazing, just speaking to different churches about this very same thing. And uh, so I think it's amazing that God does this this way. And if there's been a theme going on, and I want to just share with you, the theme has been discover, expose, believe, produce. And I, this is from a spiritual thing. And if you hear the last word produce, um, don't, don't get all anxious about it. I don't know about you, but when I worked in the workplace, I still work in the workplace, but, you know, we, we work in the workplace and there's like this seems to be like this, you know, you got to produce, you got to produce, you got, you know, you feel that pressure. But see, with God, he produces through you. He produces his good um, fruit through your life. And it's, it's a partnership of you and, and God, the Holy Spirit, working in and through your life to produce good fruit. And that just makes me say, like, you know, I don't, the pressure's off. You know, the pressure's off because he does a good work through us. But today we're on breathe, uh, believe, not breathe, believe, but I will breathe. Otherwise, I'll probably pass out right now. Um, have you, I should say this, I will mention this. Sometimes there, there are things in our lives that are just so, so heavy, that's too heavy for one individual. Okay, we were, last week we talked about exposing your roots so that, and, and exposing within people within your life group or, or your small groups that you're part of, prayer groups, ministry, having people pray with you and pray for you. And that's all wonderful. But sometimes people, there are things that are like, so I can't just tell anybody. I do need to say something, but I really need, uh, I need special attention in this area. It's just too much, too heavy for somebody. Well, there's ministries called Celebrate Recovery and Elijah House Ministries, amazing ministries. Those ministries are um, being run through our um, local ministry called Rise Again Outreach, which is a, a combined effort of churches throughout New England that come together. And so if you'd like to know more information about Celebrate Recovery or Elijah House Ministries, if that's something that you've been looking for and you say, God, where do I go? Go, go there, riseagainoutreach.org. That's where you'll find out more information about that. Have you ever had a bad habit that you just, you had to quit? And you quit it, it's like you quit and you were good for years. Everything was awesome. And then along the way, it came back. I and mean, we're talking, it could have been a decade, it could have been two decades, it could have been, you know, you, you, you were trying to overcome it, you did with a lot of hard work and a lot of accountability, and then bam, it shows up and you're like, oh. Something about coming to Christ and we're talking about roots, okay? These things, some of those roots are bad habits. And they come back and you're like, why am I still struggling with this? 
what? I want to share with you a story. I was hanging out with some friends this week. And they're both believers, strong believers, amazing men of God. And they were telling me this story about how they had, they used to be drug users and, um, you know, recreational and, and hang out with friends. And, you know, they would smoke pot, you know, like, like it was going out of style, really. But so they, they um, came to Christ and that whole thing was gone out of their lives, out of their lives. And along, along the way, years later, for, for one, it was like two decades later. For another, just a few years. But they, it, they had the opportunity. The opportunity came by, and for whatever reason, they picked it up and smoked it. And it was just like, what? You know, they were so disappointed. They were so disappointed with themselves. But here's the interesting thing. They, they, what I found interesting about that experience for them was that they came back and said, you know what, Jorgen, though? Yeah, I did that. But it was so disgusting to me. It was abs- I got sick. I got sick. I was like, this is absolutely the worst thing ever. And, and you know, they were telling their wives, and their wives were like, why'd you do that? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, uh, Sarah says the same thing to me. Like, why'd you do that? I don't know. It, it just it kind of comes across, not necessarily that, but I'm just talking about any bad decision, something that I've, you know, done along the way. There's, there's that, why did, why, did that, why did you slip in that area? You know, you could get all guilt-ridden because the enemy likes to come in and be like, you know that root that you thought you had or that you thought you had gotten rid of, that is? Well, it's back. And then you get all this guilt and all this, ugh. We have to get our minds into what God says about us, right? This message is about belief. And I want to turn your uh, attention um, to the Word of God. But do you remember last week, I ended the message with Colossians 3, 3 and 4. It says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, I know that this verse is talking about the resurrection of Jesus, like the the, the return, not the resurrection, the return of Jesus. Um, But I think that it speaks to something else, too. It, it, It speaks to what God wants to reveal in our lives today, not just for his return, but the things that are hidden in him are revealed through relationship with God. The things that you, you thought you would never be, God's saying, no, you see, your life is hidden in me, and I'm revealing to you what real life is. And so there's this, this process of getting to know what that looks like for each individual. <clears throat> see, Christ wants to reveal to you your true identity. Right? And this sets up for our verse, our main verse, which is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17. If you want to jump there, first Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17. I'll read it for you guys here. It should also be up on the screen too. For the love 
of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Verse 15, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. You, you understand? It was for your sake that he died, not his. So please understand the weight of this. This is the, when we talk about God's great love. This one verse is so powerful because it was for your sake that he gave his life and was raised. And in verse 16, it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Father God, I just pray right now that as we get into the word of God, that your spirit would flood our hearts and flood our ears so that every person in this room would hear exactly what you want them to hear and that they would apply it directly to their lives, that fruit would come from this, freedom would come from this. And Lord, I pray that there would be an everlasting sense of your presence, Lord, in every heart that's here in this room. In Jesus' name. So, if God himself, Jesus, died for us, died for all, what we have to understand is, is that we can't look at ourselves or your neighbors any longer in the same manner of flesh. When we, I was reading uh, Psalms, there was a lot of this talk about sinners and, and those that were not sinners. There were sinners and those were not sinners. There was a clear division between the two. And yes, in, later on in Scripture, there is a, a separating that takes place that, that Jesus himself does, right? But that's not our job. And I want to tell you right now that we as a Christian body, we can't be looking at the people in our neighborhoods as sinners and saved. Now, I'm not talking about the sense that people are, we, the fact is that people live in sin. They need to know Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the flat truth. But we can't put up walls that bring division in our community. We need to love people as though they were saved. Because if we love people as though they are saved, then they're going to come to know, we pray, the Jesus that we live and serve. Right? We, we, the, the, the walls need to come down and we need to start loving like Jesus loved them. <clears throat> That's a mandate. When I read this from Paul, verse 16 is a mandate to me. And it's beautiful. And what he's saying too is he says that you are a new creation that what has been is no longer when you're in Christ. You're no longer what you were. You are a new creation. I want us to look at verse 21. Skip down to verse 21. It says this. He, he's saying something even greater than just the new creation part. He says, for, you, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
you need to begin to see yourself as the righteousness of God. Okay? You are the righteousness. Everyone needs to say, I am the righteousness of God. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God. You need to get that in you. You need to say it every day when you wake up and every night before you go to bed. I am the righteousness of God. See, this is a public confession. Last week we were talking about confessing our sins. This week we're confessing our new reality. Okay, that's what belief is. It's, a, it's coming into alignment with what God has already said. You're no longer this little shrub. You are a living tree planted by streams of living water. The old is, has gone. The new has come. See, God is always looking for ways to reveal his word to us, his glory to us, his power and authority to us. And you are his son and his daughter. That is who you are. As you believe, so will you produce. As you believe, so you will produce. And when I look at the experience that my friend had, my friends, both of them, were explaining this, this experience. They're like, oh yeah, you had, that happened to me too. And it's like, okay, so you know what? They're still amazing Christian brothers. They're still powerful men of God. They made a mistake. Guess what? It was disgusting. Have you ever fallen into something like that? You're like, what did I just do? And that was disgusting. (laughs) I don't want to go there ever again. Thank you, God, because here's the thing. You experienced new life. That's That's what happened to these two guys. They experienced new life in Jesus Christ, which took all the old and made it disgusting, made it horrible, like a corpse. Because what God said is that he said, you died with him, you died that means your flesh. Okay, so we have these bodies. And, but you, you who you were before Christ is dead. So when you go to those things that you once did, it is like you are picking up a corpse. It stinks. It's heavy. It, 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 it is just one of those, why would you do that? Seriously, if you were invited to... Uh, a zombie party. I don't know. I just when I think of stinky, rotten, dirty corpses, I think of like The Walking Dead or something. But I'm not going to put anything up on the screen for you because that might, you know, that might just ruin some people's night. And and for those of you who are like, you know, picture oriented, yeah, exactly. It just it's gross. You don't want to see that thing. But get the picture. It's gross. It has no appeal, and it stinks. And so when you and it takes effort. Who wants to do that? Who wants to go back to your bad habits and pick up that stinky corpse and throw it over your shoulder and walk around? It's kind of like that Bernie, you know, uh, was it that night with, night with Bernie or something? Bernie's weekend. The night weekend. weekend at Bernie's. Right on. There's a movie, and it was funny. It was from, like, the 19, late 80s or something like that. And, you know, they're walking around. There's this dead guy flaying, and it was so much work. It's a backstory. It's whatever. But the, the, I think, the, the thing that got me was it, 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 these guys really had to work hard to pick up that thing. 
So why would you go back to the thing that God has delivered you from? And honestly, it comes to this. It's because we don't engage with what will be because we've stopped believing. I'm not saying you've lost your salvation. I'm saying that you lost what God has been saying about your life. A lot of us need a recharge in our spiritual lives because we stop believing that God can do more exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ever ask or imagine in our lives. We stop we believe that God is capable of doing everything but life goes on. You come to Jesus and then there's this fading away in a way that it's like the honeymoon's over. <laughs> And we got to get back away from that thing. If you want the honeymoon to keep going, you pursue. You continually pursue God. You continually pursue your relationship with Jesus. Right? That's what we tell married folks. When you, when you need to uh, rehash the, uh, the love experience, that guy better get out of his you know, easy chair and start pursuing his wife. And when you pursue, you pursue, you pursue, then the, the, the feelings come back. Right? Well, at least for me. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I haven't lost the loving feelings, Sarah. <laughs> the word righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. You have to understand this. What does the word mean? In, in broad sense, the, the Greek word means a state of him who is as he ought to be. That's what it means. A man who is what he ought to be. By whose standards? See, righteousness, the condition acceptable to God. Do you see that? We look at righteousness as a thing. And no, he's saying that, no. You are the righteousness of God because I have said you are okay with me. Right? Now what do we produce out of that? What, what happens after that? There's other things. This, this thing called righteousness is actually an active role. It's not just a word or a state of being. It's integrity. It's virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Wow! If I could be that, life would be amazing. <laughs> Sometimes I think that's so huge. But see, God can do that when we believe who we are in him, a new identity formed in the likeness of Christ. Yeah. So good. So we're no longer living for ourselves. You're no longer living for yourself. Jesus didn't bring us to salvation so we could say, Awesome, now I'm clean. I could go about my business and I could do, just do whatever I want. I'm just clean now. It's like, yeah. I don't have to worry about sin. Got my heaven card. I'm in. It's like the MBTA, uh, you know. It, it, it's Jesus, the salvation was so expensive that now we owe him everything. Everything. Your life, your trajectory, your plans, everything that you once knew and did you're no longer in charge of those things. Hmm. Yeah. Pause on that thought for a minute, and I, I do want to direct us to 
portion where some people would feel as though, like when they experience areas and issues of sin, this is important. This is why I'm including this. When we fall back into a place of sin, we just, it's like our whole world collapsed. It's like everything we thought we were comes to a, comes to a screeching halt, and we're like, oh, man, all that work, all that work, and, and here I'm back fighting this thing again? In, in Proverbs twenty four sixteen, one of my favorite verses says, for the righteous fall seven times and rises again. It means he falls seven times and rises again. He gets right back up again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. See, the righteous knows where he needs to go. You move forward in him. You move forward in the things that are right. There's that, the aspect of repentance. Repentance is an everyday thing. It's not just once there's an altar call. It's literally you wake up, God, I'm... Sorry for the things that I've done, and, and not just sorry, but I just choose right now to, to do things your way. That's what repentance is. But you see, even the righteous, some of you guys don't look at yourself as righteous. But you are. You are the righteousness of God. And the order is get up. Those old roots don't have a hold on you. Don't let them have a hold on you. That's not your place. That's not your corpse to pick up. So don't pick it up. Guys, life is a fight. It is not meant to be easy. It was never meant to be easy. It was meant to be a fight. If it's not worth fighting for, it's worthless. So when you walk up into these places where you're having to stare down things that you have had to deal with your whole life, and it doesn't have to be sin. It could be things from your past, those roots that we talked about in your past. You will have to stare those things down, and you need to fight. But you have to understand that Jesus has already won the battle. But you have to believe that he won the battle. Everything comes back to belief. In Romans 7, 14 through 20, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. (laughs) Sarah asked me, Why did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so... You sometimes just have to say, I don't know. That was my flesh. I did it. I'm sorry. I'm moving on. <laughs> but you have to understand, that's, that's what, basically what Paul is saying. I don't know. That's what he's saying. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Let me explain. Even in the moment where um, this is something the Lord has been really chastising me for. And that's how I talk to my boys. Um, I'm a yeller. I don't know if you guys probably would never see that, but I get angry and I get, I'm a yeller. In the past, the Lord delivered me from like deep anger issues, um, but I still lose my temper rapidly and I'm like, 
guys, you better get in here. Like, why are you still doing the same thing that I told you to ah. I get angry, and, and I yell at them, and it's, it's much more violent. That was, like, sanitized, you know? Like, I, I, I had to look at them, and their little faces in the rearview mirror the other day, and I was like, what am I doing? We're, a, like, two minutes late. Big deal. Why did I just make them feel so horrible? Why did I raise my voice? You see, I do the very thing I hate. And I don't want that in my life. And that's something that God is speaking to me about. He's literally, do I have the answers? No, I've read books. <laughs> that doesn't, sometimes it helps, sometimes, you know. But it really comes, it has nothing to do with these kids. They're amazing. It's, it has everything to do with me and the way that I deal with them. Right? So now, he says in verse 16, now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That's good. Basically, he's saying, if I sin, the law's right. I'm an idiot. I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. Right? It actually validates Scripture, validates the law. So now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that, no, that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desires to do what is right, that is living, desiring the spiritual, the spiritual outcome. The, the way that I want to live is Jesus has already showed me the way I want to live. And he's saying, this is, I, right here, God, I'm going to walk with you, I'm going to do exactly as you say, and I'm going to see amazing spiritual fruit. But then two seconds later, I fall on my face. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So you see, he says it three times, just the circular. He's like, yeah, if I, do, I don't want to do this, but I do it. I don't want to do this, but I do it. And the things I want to do, I don't do. It's like, what's going on with me? But he's saying, he, he's giving us a, the, the example that in the flesh, you cannot accomplish anything anything good. In the spirit, when you believe, when you bring that to the table, then the spirit of God produces through you what is good. Okay? You must in your heart and in your mind agree upon the things that God has called you. The battle of the flesh. Guys, we don't want that gross corpse. So when you wake up, I want you to say, you are the righteousness of God. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to, first of all, you need to begin to love yourself like Christ loves you. We can't play this game like, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you know. It's like this woe is me kind of mentality where you're a victim. You're not saved, you're a victim, <laughs> well, I hear that all the time. It's like, you just, okay, yeah, you were a sinner. You were a sinner, okay? You are now alive in Christ. He is not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living, right? So now, the things, when you struggle with something, you just smile and say, that was dumb. Let's, let's move on, Lord. You know, I'm going to get that rock out of my shoe, <laughs> 
You know, I'm not going to keep stepping on it. It's, it's, I don't want that in my life anymore. Lord, you know, teach me what I need to do. And see, he's a teacher. He will walk through you. And that's the part of the roots. And what we talked about, the getting rid of the roots and exposing those roots and letting them die and letting them be in the light. This is the continuation of this. It's believing that Jesus has so much more for your life than what you once experienced and, and, and lived out. You can't even begin to imagine the things that God has for you, but you need to believe. Because I feel like a lot of people get, they go so far, and then they stop. They go so far in their relationship with God, and they just, and it's almost like, okay, it's like, let the Lord bring back the imagination. Let him begin to show you lives. You have to be obedient. You have to say, yes, God, I will do that. The moment you say no, you missed an opportunity for growth. You missed an opportunity to see an amazing change in your life. You missed an opportunity to reach someone. You missed an opportunity for, for something huge. It could, have, it could have opened doors for so many things. That doesn't mean more doors. See, because God is in charge of your, your, uh, your, your story. He's, he's the author that's in charge of your story. So don't, when you've messed up in the past, realize that his, his page is still continuing. So you really need to begin to be in alignment with him. Saying, God, I'm moving forward in you. And I'm going to believe the things that you've said over my life. These are things I want you to write down. If you have something to write them down with, I'd like you to, because we're going to close. Galatians 6.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is, I, it, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, these are scriptures you need to read. 1 Peter 2.9 I'm not going to read that one. John fifteen five. You need to write that one down. And that one's just a reminder that he is the vine. Sorry, you, yeah, he is the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, it is that bears much fruit. So he's saying, I'm the one who does it through you. Apart from me, you can't do nothing, you can't, you can't do anything. In Galatians three twenty six. And Romans eight thirty seven. And I love this one. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Right? That is your spiritual um, inheritance. You see, it's not for tomorrow in heaven, it's for today in the here and now in the present. Okay, you can overcome. You have been given that. It's it's done deal. So when it comes to things in your life and you're struggling through it, you know what? The, the struggle is that you, the reason why you're still struggling is because you have not got to this place where you say, you know what? I am not going to let that own me. I'm going to continue on with Jesus. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. I'm not going to beat myself up because God is allowing you to continue to deal with it until you actually release it to him. Okay, you can't, you can't just pray, God, re- get this out of my life. Because God, is, he says this, everything that the enemy used for evil, 
he uses for good for those who love him. He, he uses those things that the enemy wanted to destroy you with. And he's like, look, there's no better obstacle course than life for spiritual things. I was uh, hanging out with some friends and we were talking about life and I don't know why, but it just like the visualization that I had about life is like a Spartan race. You know, there's a lot of barbed wire, electrical, uh, electric fences and things, obstacles that you have to kind of run through. And every time you go through those things, God makes you smarter, stronger, uh, just more confident. He builds you up strength-wise, spiritual strength, but also gives you wisdom. Wisdom is not something you learn in a schoolroom. Wisdom is something that is actually, it's, it's experienced. So these things that you experience through life, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials because you are stronger today than you were yesterday. And you have to believe that no longer are you that thing that you were in the past. You are now a new creation in him. Right? Guys, I'm so proud of you. You guys have been here this whole time and didn't go running off to go watch the game. (laughs) I think we're still winning. What's the update? What? Oh, yeah. Playing an undefeated team. Well, not undefeated, but a pretty good winning streak. All right, so here's the thing. Belief unlocks the mysteries of your life. Belief unlocks the mysteries that God said, look at, your old life is dead. Your new life is hidden in him. Right? And through that process of, of belief, he unlocks the mysteries. I don't know about you, but, you know, I want to live a life that is exciting and full of him and full of new experiences and revelation. That's what keeps me going. So let's, uh, let's do this. Everybody stand to your feet. Let's, let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we stand in agreement with you right now, every one of us in the room. These people are the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus. You have given us an amazing life to live. We don't go back home expecting the same old thing, but we go home expecting new and exciting, extraordinary experiences, extraordinary revelations of who you are and how you move through our lives. Lord God, we lay down our expectations in the sense of maybe expectations for our jobs or expectations for our families or expectations for where we have to be in 10 years or 5 years. Lord, we lay those things down before you and say, God, what do you want to do in us? And let us be, Father, a brokenhearted sacrifice to you. Because we owe you everything. Because your, your, the salvation you have given us cost you everything. Thank you, Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your, 
If you want to pray right now, I want you to pray out. I want you to just begin to praise him and thank him for making us the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. You are holy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, Lord God. Thank you, God. You have given us so much, Lord Jesus. You have given us a future, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. We will live our lives in thankfulness, in thanksgiving, in praise. Thank you, God. We will wake up every morning, Lord Jesus, saying, I am the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but you who live through me, Lord Jesus. And in this place of just brokenness, Father, we say thank you. God, do the work in our hearts. Continue to weed things out and release them from our lives. And no longer are we bound by the lies of the enemy that says that we are falling back into some old patterns. We are not going to fall, Father God. We are not going to pick up that corpse. Father, we are going to walk forward in you free. Thank you, Jesus, like a breath of fresh air breathed into our spirit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. We have so much work in our lives, and when I say work, it's the best work ever. You know, it's the work of loving one another, and, and, and uh, truly, that's the that's thing. Man, God's been speaking so much lately. We have such, we have so many people to love, and we have so many things to learn through the experiences that God brings into our life, the people that God brings into our life. So go out and be light, be the the healing leaves that we talked about, the leaves that bring healing to the nations. Be filled with the Spirit of God tonight, and go out. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com. 